Being alone on a deserted Pacific island with our spouse may have once been a fantasy vacation, but in the wake of betrayal, has your isolation become a living nightmare? Hi, I'm Kim Pullen, founder of Hope for Spouses, and welcome to this episode of Lunchtime Live. For those who are new to our ministry, I started Hope for Spouses after my four-year separation due to my husband's adultery. While we were separated, I wrestled to get out of God's way so he could work on my husband and I could focus on my own healing using the scriptures and a safe circle of others. We were reconciled in 2015, and since then we've developed a spiritual and emotional intimacy beyond anything I could imagine. And we believe it's because God is at the center of our lives individually and as a couple. When we find out about our spouse's betrayal, whether it's from porn addiction, emotional infidelity, or physical infidelity, it sucks all the air out of the room. We can't breathe. We can feel like we are drowning in a sea of disreality. We literally go into survival mode, and that means protecting ourselves from more pain. So why do we tend to isolate in the wake of the disclosure of our spouse's addiction to porn or adultery? When we first discover our spouse's sexual sin, we are faced with the dashing of dreams. This new reality directly contradicts any romantic fantasy in which we may have indulged. Many times we fall into the naive but unhealthy thinking that we, us and our spouse, can overcome this and anything like this alone and together. It's us against the world, right? A second reason we tend to isolate is because we feel shame about our spouse's sin. Part of us thinks, what did I not do that they felt the need to go outside our marriage to get a sexual need met? It makes us question our value. We can also think it's our job to keep our spouse pure, and we didn't. A third reason we isolate is pride. We wonder what others like friends, family, and our spiritual brothers and sisters will think about us. Another reason we can isolate is because we feel ashamed of our reaction to our spouse's betrayal, whether that's rage, revenge, or overindulging as a way to medicate our pain. All of these responses reflect a lone ranger mentality that God never wanted for us. So what are the dangers of isolation? First, we paint a target on our back for Satan. In 1 Peter 5.8, the Apostle Peter says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Lions don't usually attack a herd like head-on. They sneak around it, waiting for the weak or injured to get isolated from the safety of the herd. Then they pounce. Even before Jesus started his ministry, Satan waited till he was alone, thirsty, and hungry in the desert for an extended period of time before he approached and tempted him. Second, we can confuse isolation for solitude. Solitude is a temporary state that we often seek out for a purpose, like to reflect on a current challenge, to find a quiet space, to plan for the future, or to rejuvenate our relationship with God. 
It results in growth and depth of character. On the other hand, isolation has no fixed time, purpose, or plan to return to relationship. It is a reaction rather than a thoughtful or deliberate response. It often results in a regression of our physical, emotional, and or spiritual health. Isolation can harden our heart and put us in further danger. Look at Judas, who isolated himself from his fellow disciples. He was so emotionally isolated that none of the other apostles had any suspicion of his guilt when he finally betrayed Jesus to his death. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. When we isolate from safe others, we open ourselves up to self-deception. How else can isolation be dangerous? We can lose our identity and start seeing ourselves through the lens of our pain and our marriage. Our whole identity gets wrapped up in our marriage instead of in God. God gave us others so we don't become myopic. Finally, one of the most inadvertently damaging impacts that our isolation can have is on our kids. If our children see us isolating, guess what they're going to do when they struggle? They will isolate from us and anyone else who could help them. Why are safe others so important to our healing? First, let's define what a safe person is. The simplest definition is that a safe person is someone who doesn't try to fix us or tell us what we have to do. They don't blame us in any way for our spouse's choices. They listen and are willing to admit they don't have a magic bullet. Spiritually safe people are those who direct us to the scriptures for answers, are willing to pray for and with us, and are willing to walk alongside us on our journey, eager to learn themselves how they can support us. Why do we need these safe others? First, because God says we do. In 1 Corinthians 12, 21 to 26, in talking about the body of Christ, the Apostle Paul says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. A safe spiritual family is foundational to our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. A second reason safe others are important is because God designed us for community. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, 
so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all creatures that move along the ground. God, the being whose image we bear and whom we are called to imitate, designed us in community with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And in Genesis 2 and 3, he shows that he created us to commune with him and others. We were not created for isolation, but for relationship. A third reason is because in community, we have safety and security. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This passage is often used in engagement announcements or about the marital relationship, but that wasn't the original context of what Solomon, the author, was addressing. It's about all relationships, all of our relationships that we have with others. We need others, and when we are part of that three-stranded cord, us, safe friends, and God, Satan will have a much more difficult time breaking us. Have you been a lone ranger in your recovery, withdrawn from others in the wake of your spouse's betrayal? Are you scared to be open out of fear of judgment or shame? Do you think it's your job to protect your spouse's reputation and just bear up under this alone? Don't listen to Satan's lies. I encourage you to start your move from isolation by joining the Hope for Spouses Network. Go to hopeforspouses.network and click on the Request to Join form. Here you'll find other wives who are in at all different stages of the recovery journey waiting to wrap their arms around you. You are not alone. If you're already part of the Hope for Spouses Network, you've reached your pain threshold, and you're ready to invest in your own healing, schedule a call with me at hopeforspouses.com slash call. That's hopeforspouses.com slash call. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes. You have a chance to be heard, see how the scriptures apply to your situation, and get clarity, direction, and the resources you need to start healing. If applicable, we'll also look at a biblical strategy that you can apply to your life to get off the insanity loop and move toward healthy thinking and healthy choices. Well, that concludes this episode of the Hope for Spouses Lunchtime Live. I'm Kim Pullen. I'll see you next time. Take care.